The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. It says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. If you don't know any scripture in the Bible, just this one scripture must make you wealthy. Just bank your whole faith on just this one scripture. anointing for ordination of kings 
there's an anointing for ordination of priests and pastors. There's an anointing for removing mountains. So there are different anointings and these anointings are different keys. Are you following me tonight? Very important. So the scripture we read in Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says that, and it shall come to pass that in that day, and I believe that that day is today. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, now the word his there is talking about the devil, not God. It says his burden because God never puts a burden on us. It's the devil that puts a burden on us. And what is the purpose of a burden? The purpose of a burden is to slow you down. And if there is any burden in Christendom, is the burden of being slowed down financially. Are you following what I'm saying? That is a burden that is in Christendom. Many Christians are struggling even how to pay their bills. They are struggling to put even three decent meals on the table a day. There are some families, they can't even feed themselves one meal a day. So the devil has put a burden in this area upon many Christians. And I believe with all my heart that the time has come for that burden to be removed. I don't believe in shouting and screaming and jumping without results. If you are jumping and screaming and shouting, that's fine. But in addition to the jumping, shouting, and screaming, there must be some weight back in you. We must see some results. And the time has come, trust me, the time has come for this church to see some tangible results. And the results we are going to see is in the area of wealth. And it's going to be radical shift. We are going to go back to the book of Acts. There will be not a single person in this church will have a lack. Not a single person, including those who join the church tomorrow. The moment they step their foot into this house, this great church, that grace will come upon them and there will not be a single lack. A time is coming you have newspapers cornering you at the car park asking you, interviewing you, how are you making it? Make a note of what I've just said. And it will be in less than two years time. Newspapers will be cornering you at the car park because when they see the results following you, they cannot ignore it. And that is a grace that is in this house. It says, and his burden shall be taken 
away from your shoulder. The shoulder represents a place of responsibility. Remember, the Bible says that, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, talking about Jesus. The government shall be upon his shoulder. So the shoulder is a place of responsibility. And one of the ways the enemy goes to, to beat down God's people is to place a burden in their area of responsibility. And which area is that? The area of finances. He puts a burden in the area of their responsibility. Now, if a mother cannot feed his ch her children or a father cannot feed his family, that's a burden in the area of his responsibilities. If a woman is not able to give birth, the enemy has put a burden in the area of her responsibility. Are you following what I'm saying? So God says that his burden shall be taken away off your shoulder. Say amen to that. Amen. I don't know what burden it is. It might be a burden that was in your family. After tonight, the anointing will remove that burden. Amen. I said the anointing will remove that burden. Amen. I said the anointing will remove that burden in the name of Jesus. It says not only that, and his yoke from off thy neck. So can you see the two areas the enemy tries to impede God's people in the area of their responsibility? The yoke, a yoke is anything that impedes Heeds your speed. It slows you down. A yoke ties you to a location. When a dog is chained, that dog is yoked. It can only go as far as the length of the chain. And look at where the enemy puts a yoke. He puts it on the neck on the neck. The neck is a supporting system for the head. Without the neck, the head cannot turn left or right. Without the neck, the head cannot survive. The neck is the supporting system of the head and not only that, the neck joins the head to the remaining parts of the body. Are you following what I'm saying? So what the devil does is he puts a yoke on the neck of God's people so that there will be a break between the head and the body. And that's the same strategy the enemy uses when he comes to destroy a church. He puts a yoke on the neck. When the enemy puts a yoke on the neck, whatever is on the head doesn't flow to the body. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you have to be radical that every time you come, you see, listen, listen to me. Every man of God has been anointed for something. 
every man of God. It is your responsibility to discover what that man of God has been anointed for in your life. And then once you discover it, your responsibility now is to be a partaker of that anointing. So when you come to every service, every service carries a different anointing. Every service. There is no single service that is the same. Never. Because every service has its own anointing. So every service you come to, you must come with a heart of expectation wanting to partake of the anointing upon that service. Are you following what I'm saying? I have sat in many meetings and I have partaken of the anointing upon the men and the women of God in those meetings without a handshake, without a touch. Like the woman with the issue of blood, I use my faith to draw what's upon them. I was in a service not, not long ago in a place nobody knew me and I was drawing the anointing upon the life of Kenneth Copeland. Nobody knew me. I was there before I got in the, to the service. I said, Father, every available grace upon him, I covet it. And during the service, while he was teaching, teaching towards the end, I was still praying and receiving towards the end. Then when the anointing came upon him, I knew it. That this is the moment of transferring. And then I started partaking. I wasn't emotional. I wasn't crying. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't shaking. I just stood there still partaking. After the service, after the service, there were some people, I don't know where they came from, a man and a woman, the lady walked to me and said, you received something tonight, twice. They don't know me, I don't know them. There was no physical display of receiving something. There was no crying, there was no screaming. I just stood still. And the moment I received that impartation, I knew I had received it. Now this person who doesn't know me from nowhere came and said, you have received something tonight. Not once, not twice, many times. All I did was looked at her and said, thank you, thank you. And I walked off. So, Every man and woman of God has been anointed for something. And the day I received that impartation, I saw that grace working visibly in my life. Because you can't receive something and not know it. When a woman receives a seed from the husband, she knows. Even before the husband knows. Are you following? So, you have to understand that in every service there's a different grace. So don't come to church casually. The purpose of the service is to change your location. Please get me. You see, I get very, very angry when I see members of this church going through the same cycle of events. 
when I know that by now they should not be where they are. It is an irony and an insult to God, his word, and the Holy Spirit to sit in a church, in the same church for a year or minimum three months and not see a change in your life every three months. Minimum, every three months. Every three months, there must be a radical shift. You must not be happy with where you are. Are you following what I'm saying? So in every service, there is an anointing package for you. And don't be hearers only. Be doers of the word. Don't be hearers. Don't just come and hear. I've gone past wanting to preach nice messages to preach to, to, to please men and women. No, I've never done that. I have never done that. The purpose of the service is for your life to be transformed. So if your life is not being changed, then that means the problem is not with God because number one, God is our source. Number two, the word is our supply. The problem is not with God. The problem is not with the word. Then there must be a problem with the channel through which the source and the supply comes through. There must be a problem with the channel and that channel is either people or systems. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, if you're not receiving anything from that channel, then you have to check whether there is something wrong with the source. And there is no lack in the source. So if there is no scarcity in the source, then there must be a problem with the supply chain. Now, if there is no scarcity in the supply chain, then the only problem left must be the channel through which the source and the supply comes through. And you are the channel. Are you following what I'm saying? So if, if you're not receiving it, that means there is a blockage. Now, it's your responsibility to trace back in your life. The Bible says, examine your life to see whether you are still in the faith. You have to examine your life and see what's blocking the inflow of the blessing. What is it that is blocking? Now, it's not about shouting. I, 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 as a matter of fact, I don't want to see members in this church shouting and screaming and they are poor. I don't want to see it. Anointing without results brings annoyance. Are you following what I'm saying? Anointing without results brings annoyance. You'll be annoying everybody. You'll be annoying everybody. All you'll be doing is screaming, I'm anointed, I'm anointed, but there is no results. Before you counsel me, before you advise me how to be a millionaire, first question, when was the last time or the first time you became a millionaire? 
then if you answer my question, then you can advise me on how to become a millionaire. Are you following what I'm saying? So the problem is the channel. You need to examine your life. What is blocking the flow of God's blessing? Is it my life? Am I always angry? Remember, the Bible says anger rests in the bosom of the fool. Excuse my language. But that's what the Bible says. Am I always fighting everybody? Are you following what I'm saying? Examine your life. Don't be scared. Some people are so scared of what the doctor will tell them so they don't go for examination. Don't be scared. Be upfront. Examine your life because the purpose of God's servant in your life is to bring down whatsoever is in the realm of the spirit into your life. So if the water is not flowing in your house, the problem is not with the source, the problem is not with the supply, the problem is with something that has blocked the water from flowing in your house. So if you've been in this church for three months and there are no results, the problem is not with the pastor or the church or the way that is being taught, the problem is who? Is who? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it that in the same class, some are number one and some are the last? Are they not being taught the same thing? Yeah. On a football pitch, there are 11 players, but there is one that is better and earns more than the rest. What's the difference? It's because the one that is being paid more has taken extra time to put into practice what his manager has taught him. You want to be a superstar? The responsibility is you. Jesus was a great pastor. He had a fantastic church. Yet he was criticized. Yet Judas Iscariot left his church. Judas criticized Jesus. Judas left the church and said, ah, Jesus is a problem. And hanged himself. Hear what I'm saying? It's time to unblock whatever is blocking your blessings. And this anointing tonight will remove it. Amen. I said it will remove it. Amen. I said it will remove it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So there are different anointings and there is also an anointing that creates wealth. And that's what I'm teaching about today. Question, what is the anointing? The anointing is the burden removing Yoke destroying power of God. The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. So that means every time you operate in the anointing, no burden or no yoke 
can be traceable in your life. No burden or no yoke can be traceable in your life. So that means if there is any burden or any yoke, that means you are not putting a demand on the anointing. Are you following what I'm saying? Any area of your life, if there is a burden in any area of your life, especially in, your, in the area of your finances, then you are not putting a demand on the anointing to remove that burden and to destroy that yoke. And saints, hear me. Poverty is a yoke of bondage and is never from God. Poverty is a yoke of bondage and is never from God. Lack, want, sickness, and poverty are all part of the curse of the law. They are never part of the blessing. They were never intended for you. That's why Jesus died on the cross to redeem us from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. It says Christ. The word Christ is not Jesus' last name. The word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. It says Christ, the anointed one, has redeemed us. Look at that. It's in the past. He has redeemed us. He has redeemed us. He has redeemed you. He paid for you. You don't have to pay for anything. Are you following what I'm saying? Christ has already redeemed us. And when did he redeem us? 2,000 years ago. Everything the devil enslaved you for, Jesus paid for it. Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. And how did that happen? He became a curse for us. He became a curse for us. So you no longer have to walk in the curse. What is a curse? A curse is simply defined as an empowerment to fail. An empowerment to fail. That is a curse. When you see someone constantly failing in every or in almost every area of their life, there is a sign that there is a curse there. If you see someone going in a, a recurrent cycle, battling with the same issue over and over and over again, it means there is a sign of a curse. I'll give you an example. There are some families who nobody will ever go to university because there's a curse. Nobody will go to university. No matter how wealthy they are, even let's not talk about wealthy, even if the school is free, even if the fees is free, they will never go. There are some people, they are late for every meeting. Even if their office is by their door, their house, this is their house, and that's their office, they'll be late to work. They are late for 
every meeting. They are late to church. They are late to work. They are late to meetings. They are late to everything. Everything. There are some people they can never save 100 pounds a year. They earn a lot of money, yet they cannot save 100 pounds. Why? There's a curse. There is a curse of greediness operating in their life that they want to have everything they see. And yet they earn a lot of money. They see this, I want to buy. They see that, I want to have. When you go to their house, their house is full of junk. There are things they've bought that they have never used. They are collectors. They are collectors. All they do is buy and buy and buy. You ask them, what are you going to use this for? Oh, <laughs> now they go, they go, they go to town. They are size. Excuse me. I mean, I'm not saying this to be offensive, but let's just say maybe they are size twenty. Not to be offensive, size twenty is is good. Praise God. If that's what you want, everybody and their choice. I don't know if somebody is size twenty in the church, but if you are, I'm not talking about you. Now, assuming they are size twenty. They go out and they see a dress that is a size 12. And they like it. They'll buy it. And when you ask them, how are you going to wear it? They say, I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> I say, I'm going to lose weight. You've never lost their weight and you see something and, and those people, they buy many size 12 clothes. There's a, there's, a case, there's a case right there. Why do you buy, how can you move from a size 20 to size 12? It practically doesn't make sense. Now if you get a size 18 or 19, we can understand. But how can you move from a size 20 to a size 12 dress. Faith? This is an irresponsible faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? So, you see, they just, they just buy things and before they realize all their money is gone and they come back to the same cycle and they are wondering, is there something wrong? And it will interest you to note that these are people who even tithe. Somebody will say, can I be a tither and still see the presence of a curse? Yes. The fact that you are a tither does not automatically remove the curse. I want you to listen to me carefully. The fact that you are a tither does not mean the curse is automatically removed. Yes, if you don't tithe, you are cursed with a curse. But in addition to the tithe, there is something called self-discipline. 
is one of the fruits of the spirit, self-discipline. Where you see something, you quench your appetite and say, no, I am not going to go for it. I am a tither. I will not allow the devil to use me to destroy the harvest. Are you following what I'm saying? So the Bible says, Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hanged on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Are you, are you, can you see that? Now, Jesus died on the cross so that you and I can walk in the blessing of Abraham. Somebody might say, what is the blessing of Abraham? The Bible says that and Abraham was blessed in cattle, in silver, and in gold. That is a blessing. I said that is a blessing. I said that is a blessing. When God has blessed you with cattle, silver, and gold, then you are blessed indeed. That's all what Jesus came and died for so that you and I can have access to it. If Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law and he connected us to the blessing of Abraham, that therefore implies that we must physically display that blessing. <laughs> that means we must physically display that blessing because whatever blessing it was from Abraham was transferred into us. It was transferred into our account. You say how? Verse 14 of Galatians 13 tells us, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Are we in Christ Jesus? Are we in Christ Jesus? So that means every blessing in Abraham was accrued into Christ Jesus. So if it was accrued into Christ Jesus, once I am in Christ Jesus, I have access to the blessing of Abraham. Are you following me? But look at how we bring into manifestation this blessing. It says that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through what? Through faith. Through faith. So that means if you don't have faith, you can access this blessing. Because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us, 
It says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. So if I want to please God, I need faith to have access to all the blessings of Abraham. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because whosoever comes to God must believe that God is, and God is not only is existent, he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Question. Do you seek God diligently? Are you a diligent God seeker? If you are a diligent God seeker, we must see the evidence of the blessing in the life. And before the end of this year, we will see it in your life. I said we will see it in your life. Everything blocking the, the flow of the blessing is removed. I said it's removed. So we will see the blessing in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 goes forth to even enforce this the more. It says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. If you don't know any scripture in the Bible, just this one scripture must make you wealthy. Just bank your whole faith on just this one scripture. If somebody is trying to defend poverty, excuse my language, they are ignorant. They don't know the Bible. This is Plain and simple. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, though he was rich, Jesus was never poor. Those people who go preaching and say, Oh, Jesus was poor, Jesus is poor, pastors must never be rich, they are ignorant, they don't know the scriptures. Poor people never have treasures. Have you ever seen a poor man have an accountant before? Poor people don't have accountants. Jesus was so rich, he had an accountant called Judas Iscariot. And he knew this accountant was a thief. And he appointed him. That should tell you, Jesus has so much. In as much as Judas was stealing, Whatever Judas was stealing did never affected the treasury of Jesus Christ. So anybody who tells you Jesus was poor, he rode on a donkey. Well, in those days, Jesus rode on a donkey no one has sat on before. It's a fresh donkey. You see, the days of buying, when you want to buy a house, all you are thinking about is a second hand, second hand. The days of when you want to buy a house, all you are thinking about is second hand. Most of the time we say second hand, but it's not second hand. Do you know what it means second hand? Second hand simply means new and then it's gone to a second person and it's old and it's second hand. But in most cars, 
most of the old cars you have bought, look at the V5. Is it V5? Yeah. You see the number. Does it show the number of the people who own it? Does it show? Does it show the previous owners? Okay, I, I've never bought a second-hand car before, so I don't. <laughs> so it shows the number of people. So sometimes it's tenth hand. Ten people have driven that car. Listen to me, solution. If you are not radical about this, then I don't know who else can help you. We must never defend poverty. And we must never have an excuse for poverty. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus never rode on a second-hand donkey. It was a fresh, brand new. No one has ever sat on that donkey. So in this day and age, you must have cars no one has ever ridden in. A new car no one has ever smoked in. Zero miles. Zero miles. You have to be angry and drive some stuff. Big stuffs were made for you. Yes. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. If somebody criticizes you, that's their own cup of tea. Don't follow losers who are going nowhere. Never listen to people who are going nowhere. Have I been criticized many times? By who? By people who are going nowhere. <laughs> people who are going nowhere. Why do you listen to people who are going nowhere? I said, oh, pastor, you know, uh, if I drive this car, they'll criticize me. So, huh? Jesus rode on a brand new donkey. If I drive a new car and you criticize me, get ready. I'm in the private jet zone now. Get ready. I say, oh, how much does he earn a month? You see, your mind is limited. You are thinking earthly. You are thinking earthly. My resources are not earthly. My resources are not what? Earthly. So Christ died so you and I will be rich. I said Christ died so you and I will be what? Will be rich. Jesus wants us to be rich. There is nothing wrong with being rich. Amen? I said there is nothing wrong with being rich. The time has come that this church must own more properties in this area than any other person. Are you following what I'm saying? We must never have members in this church who are tenants to unbelievers. We must have, the church must have houses. The least we can do is rent out the houses to members of the church at an affordable rate. And 10 of us in this church can buy a house. For the church, 
I said, 10 of us in this house. Somebody will say, Pastor, I don't even have mine. You see, your mind is earthly. Your mind is worldly. Your mind is worldly. And I'm going to come to you as a church and say, we're going to buy a house. You've seen a house, 200,000 pounds. We're buying it cash. A four-bedroom house or a five-bedroom house as a church. And we're going to rent it out to members of the church. And in the next five years, this church will not have this church in the next five years. Write this down. In the next five years, this church will have not less than 10 houses. I'm talking about the church. 10 houses. 10 houses. So that we can have, you know, there are some tenants there are some members in this church who are tenants in certain houses where people are smoking in. They are playing worldly music. They bring women in and out. They, they spoil your spirit. You want to live holy, but your association is affecting your holiness. Are you following what I'm saying? How nice will it be for us to have houses where every person in the house are Christians? They don't smoke. They don't play jazz. When I say jazz, you know the worldly songs. There's a good jazz, Christian jazz, that you can play and listen to. You know, who are not doing all kinds of things, who are taking good care of the house, knowing that this is their own house. And then we can say, okay, in the next 10 years, or in the next 20 years, the rent you are paying, will become, will make you own this house in the next 20 years. Is that not heavenly? Is that not heavenly? When this church begins to own houses in this area, people will honor and respect us. When we own our own properties, people will honor and respect us. Are you following what I'm saying? And the time has come. Church, I want you to think on a heavenly level. Heavenly level. I saw people who were just giving out airplanes like they were giving 10 pounds. Airplanes, jets, free. No shouting, no screaming. Simple. This word works. Listen, I have contacted a grace that is working in my life. I'm, I'm in a new grace for your information. The way you used to see me, see me differently. I'm in a new grace now. I said I'm in a new grace. So if you don't tap into this grace, it's your own cup of tea. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm in a new grace. So tap into this grace. Have access. Now the purpose of this grace is for you. Look. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What was the purpose of this grace? Though he was rich, for your sake, he became what? Poor. Poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become what? Rich. Let's release our faith. Say with me, God God. wants me to be rich. 
You see, you can't even say it with conviction. That word rich can't even come out of your mouth. Open your mouth and say it with conviction. Say, God wants me to be rich. Say it again. Say, God wants me to be rich. And you will be rich. I said, you will be rich. I said, you will be rich in the name of Jesus. Before the end of this year, there's somebody in this church who will become richer than 40 years of your generation combined. You will be richer than everybody 40 years of your generation combined before the end of this year. Before the end of this year. You have to release your faith. You have to release your faith. And you see, when you hear a prophetic word like this, let me tell you how you, f- you move into it. You make a vow and sow a seed. <laughs> you see, there are some realms you can never break into. I'll show you this on Sunday teaching on the wealthy place. There are some realms you cannot break into until you enter into a vow with God. The only way Anna broke barrenness was to enter into a vow with God and say, God, enough is enough. This woman has been laughing at me for too long. If you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And God said, ah, I now know That if I trust you with this, you can give him back to me. And what happened? The following year, Anna conceived and had a son. So, you see, these things don't just happen. Now, let me say this. If your offering was 50 pounds last year, every Sunday, and it's still 50 pounds this year, then you are not moving forward. Like in this church, I have taught you, you don't give by emotion. You don't give on impulse. Any church, any pastor that teaches you to give on impulse is a lie. You don't give on impulse, you give by a heart prepared before you come to the house of God. You have prepared. This year, my desire is I will give 20 pounds every Sunday in every service. You have to know it so that you can track the blessing. This year, I have purpose in every Thanksgiving service. My offering is different. I tithe every Sunday and every weekday in anticipation for what is coming. I don't tithe on what I earn. I tithe on what I have not seen yet. Are you you following what I'm saying? Listen, 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 listen. Listen, those of you sitting here, those of you sitting here, you have the capacity to break generational curses of poverty in your family forever. Listen to me carefully. 
Listen to me carefully. You have what it takes. Don't be happy with what you are earning today. Don't see your job as your source. Your job has never been your source. God is your source. God is your source. Ask God, give me idea, give me insight. What shall I do with this salary that I receive every month? Don't be happy with receiving the same salary month after month. Be radical, be angry, do something. Create channels, create sources that God can bless you through. So question, how do I receive this anointing that we are talking about? This anointing that creates wealth, that creates wealth perpetually. How do I receive it? You receive it through humility. God never gives anything to those who are proud. <laughs> First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says, likewise, ye, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, Yea, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. So humility is key. God has never given anybody who is arrogant anything. Check through scriptures. Jesus, the Bible says that even though he was God, he counted not robbery to be equal with God. He humbled himself <laughs> to the point of death and death on the cross. And God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every other name that at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee will bow. So if you are proud and arrogant, you can't receive this anointing. To receive this anointing, you have to come empty. I want to see men and women in this church who are so blessed, who are so rich and yet so humble. So blessed, so rich. You are so wealthy and yet so humble. That's the only way God can pour more into you, more and more. Are you following what I'm saying? There are men and women in this church who are very rich. And yet they are very humble. They are very rich. How do you know a person by how rich they are? They love God and they give to the kingdom of God. They love God and they give to the kingdom of God. They give. Every time they see a need, they give. They don't even wait to be asked. They give. I used to have some very arrogant, pompous, haughty people, poor. They were poor and very arrogant. 
poor and arrogant. Poor. In a whole year, they are giving is not 15 pounds. In a whole year. Yet their children in this church, their one giving is more than 100 pounds. Children. Children. Arrogance will take you nowhere. That's why God says, when I bless you, don't forget, remember. Don't forget your source, remember. There are men and women in this church blessed, blessed beyond measure, blessed. God has blessed them with their own houses, they have businesses, yet they come to service weekday after weekday. They are serving. These are very humble people. There are men and women in this church that have university qualification degrees, making it big time. They are managers in corporate organizations, yet they are very humble. What is the secret? Because God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. You want more anointing? The key is humility. Don't allow the little blessing to get to your heart. There is more. There is always more than where you are now. Did you hear what I said? There is always more than where you are now. So humble yourself because more is coming. And God can only entrust you with more when you humble yourself. The sad thing is the poor ones, they're very arrogant. Do you know who I am? Who are you? Come on. Who are you? You are nothing. The Bible says a human being is just like a vapor that appeared for a while and vanishes away. So humility is the key. And listen to me, this is very important. Listen, because I know God is raising men and women up in this church. Listen. When God lifts you up, higher and higher. Humility has to be intentional. Humility has to be what? Intentional. You have to intentionally humble yourself. <laughs> you know, God has blessed me so much that I go, I walk into places and I don't, I don't, I don't, show forth I go to meetings where they want they are introducing pastors I sit down quietly I don't even let, no, let nobody know me as a pastor because everywhere I go the purpose is to learn yes. humility is key God will always lift up the humble God will always lift up. Never get to a place in life where you think you have achieved it. And never forget your source. No matter how God lifts you up in life, never, ever, ever, ever forget your source. In all humility, God has blessed us. God has blessed this church. But we have men of God who have gone ahead of us whom we don't look down upon. We honor them. 
Because you have to understand that God has just given you. I know, I know men of God who preach. They preach. When you, when you say preach, they preach. Yet the church is not growing. The church has been there for years. It's a small 10 members. For been there for years, preaching the sweat, shout, scream. Nothing is happening. We don't shout in this church. We don't scream. But the church is expanding and growing by the day. It's the, it's the doing of the Lord. No man or woman can put his hand to what God is doing in this house. As a matter of fact, when men thought they were the ones making this happen, my goodness, when you look at what God has done in this season, and when those people thought that they were the ones making things happen, you can see the clear hand of God. God is bringing men and women from far into this church. Sometimes people come to church and I ask them, where are you from? They call certain places and say, hey, where, where is it? I don't know their place. I don't know their place. That's the hand of God at work. But in the midst of all that, we still humble ourselves. Say this with me. God is my source. The word is my supply. And he uses systems and people as a channel. Say it again. God is my source. The word is my supply. He uses people and systems as a channel. Amen. Listen to me. There is nothing wrong with having abundance of wealth. Write this down. There is nothing wrong with having abundance of wealth. But the devil has succeeded in twisting the minds of many Christians against wealth. So they see everything wrong with having abundance of wealth. There is nothing wrong with having abundance of wealth. But the devil has succeeded in twisting the minds of many Christians against wealth. So they see everything wrong with having abundance of wealth. Proverbs 10, 15, the Bible says that the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. So poverty brings destruction. The rich man's wealth. Now notice, being rich and being wealthy are two different things. You can be rich and not wealthy. You can be what? You can be rich and not be what? Wealthy. But when you're operating in this anointing, you can be rich and wealthy at the same time. That's why it says the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Proverbs 13, 22, it says a good man leaveth an inheritance for his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. 
A good man leaves an inheritance. How can you leave an inheritance if you're poor? Have you seen a poor man leave an inheritance before? No. I remember before my dad died, I told him, you know, when you're making your will, never put my name in your will with all due respect. When my dad died, he left, I think, three properties, three tiny properties, and some of my elder brothers were fighting over it. I said, look at these people. Their mindset is small. Their mindset is small. If you are in this church and you are fighting over your father's property, then there's something wrong with you. You can, someone say, Pastor, you don't know how wealthy my father was. Well, that's why you need to be more wealthier than your father. Are you following what I'm saying? You need to be more wealthier because then the the next generation has to be better than the previous generation. Now, if you are fighting over your father's little properties and wealth, then you're going nowhere. <laughs> oh, I'm going to see. I'm going, they are reading the will. I'm going to see what is in it for me. Why don't you read your heavenly father's will and see what is in the will for you, the heavenly will. That's why the word is your supply. You don't know what's in there because you don't read it. Jesus was the testator. He died so that the will can be enforced. And when he died, he used his blood to enforce the testator, the will, the testament. The only time the will can be enforced is when the one who writes the will dies. So the moment Jesus died, everything in this will is now Yours and mine. Yes, uh, Pastor, my father didn't leave me a will. My father left me nothing. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. You should be a thousand times more wealthier than your father, even if your father was a wealthy man. So a good man liveth an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now, this is not a, a, a jingle. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the for the just. It's not a jingle for you to go plain. The wealth of the sinner is laid up. No. What are you doing to attract this wealth? What channels have you created for this wealth to come through? It says the wealth of the sinner is laid up. That means it's waiting. And the only way it's going to come to you is when there is a channel. So some of you need to go and open some new bank accounts. They say, what for pastor? Just open. Just open it and leave it there. Go and check it from time to time. Just, I'm speaking prophetically. Just open new bank accounts as channels. Go to various banks, open bank accounts. When they say what, they say my salary will be coming through there. 
I'm expecting some investments coming through there. And before you realize, one day you'll be prophesying into that bank account and you'll see wealth is coming in. Amen. A big wealth. Big wealth. So creates the channels for the laid up wealth to come through. That's why we have to create the channels through which God will send the wealth. What are the channels? Bank accounts. Whether the channels online business, what are the channels buy and sell, whether the channels properties, investments, shares, these are channels through which God can send wealth to you. What are channels creating agencies? What are the channels? Creating healthcare support systems. What are the channels? Creating transport, means of transportation to transport people from one end to the other. What are the channels? Creating excellent customer service opportunities for companies. What are the channels? Consultancies. What are the channels? Making of food. Clothing, perfumes. So if you can make fragrance, you have good nose. You have nose for perfumes. You can create your own brand of perfume. What are the channels through selling of clothes or shoes or bags? Buy low, sell high. These days, everybody is going to China. So there's nothing wrong with you also going to China. Go to China. You don't necessarily have to go. You can buy online. Buy online, buy low, sell high. What are the channels? Creating shops. Creating shops. There should be shops around this area where it belongs to members of this church. Bookshops. Clothing shops. Shops for shoes. All you sell is shoes. All kinds of shoes. All kinds of sandals and slippers. All kinds of bags. Food. Have shops. Lend faith. Listen. Anything that is possible is not faith. Anything that is possible is not faith. Anything you can do is not faith. Everything impossible is faith. If you say, Pastor, this is impossible, then that is when your faith must kick in. That's why it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you can do it, it's not faith. I didn't need faith to drive to church today. I didn't need faith. But when I'm going to use my helicopter on Sunday, I'm going to need faith. This Sunday I'm coming with my helicopter. Some of you are laughing at doubts of laughter. Laughter of doubt. I said this Sunday, I'm coming with my helicopter. 
So just make sure you create some space here for me on the front of the church, the loin, the back of the church. I like to land it in front of That I need a lot of faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you know that you can use your faith to create not less than 10 houses by the end of this year? You can use your faith, your own house, where you have tenants in those. There are men and women in this church who are into the, the, the real estate business. We had testimonies here not long ago, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, of one of the members in this church who God has blessed. Her property business is booming with many tenants. They are using their faith. What are you using? Stop using doubt. Anything that you can do by yourself is not faith. So it's time to use our faith. When I come to you and say, I want us to buy that shopping mall. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. You are not going to be upset about it. You're going to be excited. Pastor, count me in. I would like to put 20% of the deposit. One person. I'm telling you, you will come to that season. You will come to that season where you are so wealthy. God will entrust you with wealth. Now, how will God entrust you with wealth? It begins by if he can first trust you. Can he trust you with the little you have now? Can he trust you with the 100,000 pounds you are earning a month. Can you give him 10,000 pounds as your tithe a year? (laughs) Can you be trusted with the little? If God can trust you with the little, he can't trust you with the much. (laughs) Are you following what I'm saying? If I give you 10 pounds now and I ask you are you going to tithe and you say yes and your tithe is what one pound next time I'll give you 100 pounds and I know you're going to tithe on the 100 what's 100 percent what's 10 percent tithe on 100 pounds 10 pounds I know the money doesn't have you the money doesn't control you so I know you'll tithe that's the same way God deals with us If God can trust you with one pound, he will trust you with 10 pounds. If God can trust you with 10 pounds, he will trust you with 100 pounds. If God can trust you with 100 pounds, he will trust you with 1,000. If he can trust you with 1,000, he will trust you with 10,000. If he can trust you with 10,000, he can trust you with 100,000. If he can trust you with 100,000, he can trust you with 500,000. If he can trust you with 500,000, he can trust you with a million. If he can trust you with a million, he can trust you with 10 million. If he can trust you with 10 million, then he can trust you with 100 million. That's how it works in this kingdom. But if you're not tithing where you are, you are dealing, darling, with God. Eh? I have bills to pay. You think God doesn't know you have bills to pay? 
But God says, bring ye the tithe. The tithe is the first thing you do. It's the first thing you do. And when you do that, then God can say, I can now trust him. I can now trust her. Let me give her more. Let me give him more. And your story will be from more to more. From more to more. <laughs> Somebody is coming into that season from more to more. And your more to more will not be month after month. It will be week after week. More to more. Your levels will be changing from more to more. From increase to increase. Are you receiving it? From increase to increase. From one level of glory to another level of glory. That's where God is bringing you to. In the name of Jesus. Finally, as we get ready to close. Listen, God can use any system. Any system. To get the finances you need to you. God can use any system to get the finances you need to you. You say, Pastor, how? Matthew chapter 17, verse 27. Matthew chapter 17, verse 27. You know the story? They were asking Peter, does your master pay tithe, taxes? And he said, yes. And Jesus said, so we don't offend them. Listen to the instruction. He said, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and for thee. So if God can use fish to take care of your need, God can use any system. Now this is not a coincidence. The fish was not by accident. Matthew 17, 27. The fish was not an accident. It says the first fish that comes out there are millions of fishes in the sea. I was studying on how many fishes are in the sea, the population of fishes, and there were some group of scientists who uh, were trying to collect the different types of fishes in the sea, and they were able to get to 320,000 or 328,000 different fishes in the sea. The different types of fishes. Now that was what they were able to collect. <laughs> and the fishes are never going to finish in the sea. Your father made it so. But you know there are room for error. So if they say 320,000 then you know you can't, you can't quantify God. You can't put God in a box. So Jesus said, the first fish that comes out, take the money, pay for everything. So God can use any system to get the finances you need to you. Finally, as we close, this is our main test for this. 
teaching. What are we talking on? The anointing. The wealth creating anointing. Notice this anointing perpetually creates wealth. It doesn't just create it once and ends. It creates it perpetually. Final scripture and we close. Isaiah 45 from verse 1 to 6. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1 to 6. Now I want you to follow me carefully. This is an ungodly king. This is a worldly king. Yet look at what God is going to do with him. It says, that says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding, to subdue nations before him. So in this case, God is not going to let you go alone. He's going to hold your hand on this journey. And guess who is anointing you? God is the one anointing you. It says the Lord, that says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, put your name there. Whose right hand I have, the right hand is a symbol of authority and strength. It says whose right hand I have holding to subdue nations before him. To subdue them means to overcome nations before him. It says, and I'll lose the loins of kings to open before him the two-levered gates and the gates shall not be shut. So when this anointing is upon you, there is no door or no gate or no nation that can be shut against you. Let me hear a living amen. Amen. God says, because you are anointed, he said, I'll go before thee and make the crooked places straight. Say amen to that. He said, I'll break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in asunder the bars of iron. Say a good amen to that. So that means every resistance in your way will be destroyed by the anointing. Say a good amen to that. He said, I will give to thee the treasures of darkness in hidden and, and, and hidden riches in secret places. Say a good amen. amen. Say a good amen. amen. Say, I receive, I receive the, treasures the treasures of darkness. Of darkness. Say it again. I receive, I receive the, treasures the treasures of darkness, of darkness. and hidden riches of secret places. It says that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, I am the God of Israel. So when God lifts you up, you know your source. You know God is your source. Verse 4, it says, for Jacob, my servant's sake, not because of your prayer, not because of your fasting, not because all of these are good. We'll do all of them, but it's not because of that. It says, Israel, my elect's sake, I have even called thee by name. I have summoned thee, I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. Now, if God can do this to an unknown, an unbeliever who doesn't know God, how much more you, who is the child of the Most High God? Say with me, my time has come. come. Say it again, say my time has come. Verse 5, it says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I give thee, thou, though thou hast not known me. Verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Say a good amen to that. Amen. 
So God is going to anoint you. Amen. And that anointing is going to create wealth. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I release unto you from today the secrets. The secrets to the mysteries. The secrets to the kingdom. From today whatever your hand touches will be blessed. Amen. Your hands will break through iron bars. Amen. The heavens will open on your behalf. Amen. The anointing will speak for you. Amen. The anointing will open doors for you. Amen. The anointing will open gates for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So shall it be. In Jesus name. Listen. Just a few days ago. God just opened a door. Of this. Of, of this church. Into Wisconsin. In the United States of America, for us to broadcast our messages on a radio station there every day, 10:30 a.m., free of charge. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. It literally that just happened. I received an email just. Uh, about you know their time difference are wrong I was checking my email about one something in the morning and then I went waking my wife up baby 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 <laughs> a radio station in the US has just offered our ministry 10.30 a.m. every day 365 days in a year absolutely free This can only be God. This is the grace. When this anointing comes upon you, it opens doors for you. And I decree that upon you today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you receive it today? Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.